Welcome to the TFT Podcast, Theory for Turntables. I'm Matt 3000, and that's Little Boy, also known as Ryan. Ryan, finally, Igor, we've done it. We've done it. Matt, virtual reality, virtual bullshit. Synthesizer preachers can reach you up in the pulpit. Yeah, are we uh, are we Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, Ryan, or are we Dr. Scholes? I don't know, but I know we are talking about Aquemini. <laughs> I have to say that that little, I mean, this is a a skit heavy album, uh, Outcast Aquemini is, uh, and there are even interstitial bits in songs. Um, and that little uh, that little news local news uh, interlude in, I guess, synthesizer, right? Yeah, it's um, at the end right. of synthesizer, isn't it? Or is it is it interstitial? Is it in the middle? Of- I think it's. it's I think that one's interstitial, uh, right? The, in tonight's news, 20th century technology. Has the computer age scientists and doctors gone too far? Einstein or Frankenstein? Dr. Holes or Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde? Are we digging new ground or digging the, our own grids? Story at 11. Right? That, that's like a fake piece of ad or media that like we aspire to in all our um in our commercial breaks <laughs> on this show right and so it's it's one of one of several ways in which uh th- there's a, a a kinship between uh uh and I and and TFT <laughs> I more yeah, there's more than one way it's very, I mean, it's sort of an interesting uh it's sort of an interesting um interesting thing like so this this uh this is what i think the third studio album of outcast uh it it uh it followed their their big kind of breakthrough uh, album and kind of continued the streak when platinum very quickly was you know very popular and um you know on on the strength of uh, on the strength of a bunch of singles but it's you know it, given when you think of Outkast, like you probably think of the big hits, like this is very strange, right? Like it's a record yeah. with a lot of with a lot of weirdness, and uh, you know, and a lot of real personality. And as uh, you know, it's not again, it, you know, as uh, longtime listeners will know that it was not sort of on my radar uh, the first time around. So I'm grateful for the opportunity to become acquainted with it. Um, in uh, uh to become acquainted with it in retrospect but it um i i was uh i was like uh i was surprised by how well i ga- i gather from reading some of the the uh secondary sources that we read that that um it was like they they popularized what has become kind of the southern style of yeah. of rap and and a lot of the the instrumental stuff the really good music that um the uh uh you know that uh, on all the tracks is uh, was a, a great thing for me to discover i'm you know i'm i'm glad i had the chance yeah and it is it's you know this is an album where i've known it for a while and i you know as we were plotting the course of um of of this this quarter of tft and i was looking at 1998 1999 2000 i originally didn't have um on the list in part because we we've been spending a lot of time in 1998 um and then also because i actually like and listen to a little more um the 2000 album the follow-up to this stanconia which was the even bigger commercial breakthrough right so stanconia had miss jackson and so fresh and so clean um and was kind of very world dominating chart dominating in its year um and uh and kind of then set up the later success of um of speaker box in the love below the kind of 
you know, dual album, the wide awake, it's morning digital ash and a digital urn um, style for you where, where there's a feature each for uh, Andre 3000 um, and big boy um, that was uh, in 2003, 2004 ish uh, era. And so this is um, a little bit earlier, but I think there's a few things that persuaded me to do this. One was a uh, comment from TFT listener, Benjamin, uh, that actually on episode 297. So a few weeks ago, uh, our, um, Lauren Hill album, who uh, had some great thoughts on um, miseducation of Lauren Hill, and then said, anyways, hope Equemini is up next. Um, and in our typical confounding uh, fashion, I think we did Ani DeFranco next. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yet wove a path through the rest of 1998, up through um, 2002 uh, for our 300th episode, and now back uh, to um, 1998 and back to, to Outcast. And in some ways, the the loop that I actually drew is um, actually last week after doing Neutral Milk Hotel, a kind of multi-genre um, a multi-genre psychedelic um, uh, kind of collective experiment uh, from Georgia <laughs> then transitioned to Equemini, <laughs> a multi-genre psychedelic collective experiment from genre, right? So that's, it's a, I took the um, an unusual, I took the scenic, we took the scenic route to Equemini. <laughs> um, and, um, but I think Benjamin's, um, Benjamin's comment made me kind of think more seriously about this. Um, and we may still do Stanconia when we get to um, 2000 because it's also a major album of its year. Um, and then I, I feel kind of supported in this decision um, in that Pitchfork just this week um, published a article that is the 50 best articles of 1998 huh. and i think that says a few things i mean 50 beyond, best, 50 you know, best albums of, of 1998 yeah yeah sorry did they say articles yeah 50 best <laughs> um, 50 best articles of 1998 there was a a really good one about courtney love and rolling stone there was uh you know a real uh takedown of the star report in uh the atlantic monthly you know there were there were some okay. great articles in 98 yeah you know, 1998 was a great year for publishing, right? It was like the internet was there, but it hadn't wiped out the uh, the print. And so it's worth looking out, looking back on the 50 best things that were written um, there. Uh, there. There's only one listicle. The the first listicle ever is the ninth best article of uh, of 1998. But yeah, so the um, 50 best albums of 1998. And I think a few things about that um, kind of make me feel good about the the long run. We've taken through 1998. One is that 1998 is a year that has 50 albums that are worth ranking and discussing um, uh, 20 years later. And then the other is, I think almost all of the albums we've done in this 1998 uh, 20th anniversary stretch uh, are on that list. I think uh, with the oversight of Little Plastic Castle, actually, because Pitchfork has no love for Ani. Um, but also... What the that, fuck um, is wrong with them? What the fuck yeah. is wrong with you, Pitchfork? <laughs> you know, Ani DeFranco is indier than your fucking than punker. You, you you have no fucking credibility, you Conde Nast motherfuckers. Um, yeah, look. So that even and that spirit of of being you know, bottle that because even that kind of rage of exclusion and overlooking, I think is is at least part of what's fueling um, Aquemini, right? With the idea. Um, that the South has something to say, right? Of kind of speaking for things that fall outside of um, of a of a mainstream and of, of a discourse. But I, I want to say that um, the 
that Pitchfork's top four albums of 1998 are all albums that we've discussed in uh, in the last few weeks. Neutral Milk Hotel at number four, Elliot Smith's XO at number three, uh, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill at number two, and Equemini at number one. And so that that I think also made me feel good about bump about extending our journey, uh, our stay in 1998. Um, and I think we'll move on pretty soon um, so that we we don't you know we've been moving forward at a pretty good clip like just two years ago i just reflected it was around this time two years ago that we did um guns and roses appetite for destruction interesting so, yeah so we've we've covered about a decade in two years uh and uh which is uh pretty pretty good uh uh pretty good uh progress um so five years we, we cover five years a year <laughs> yeah sure i mean i i think the interesting thing that i've noticed is that there is a kind of punctuated equilibrium mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. or a uh uh you know, a sort of anxiety of influence type of thing where there will be um, kind of strong moves, strong artistic moves periodically, and then like a very dense year. And then it kind of, uh, it kind of thins out, right? The things that are truly interesting to, uh, from our, from our point of view anyway, truly interesting to, to listen to and talk about. And then we'll get to another year. Like it was like, what was it? 89 or was it 92? That what that was a few. Yeah, Yeah, that was like, right. So there, and then, you know, 98 turns out to be another one that has just like, just, uh, uh, sort of a path breaking, um, major release after path breaking major release. And, and, and it's also across so many genres, right? What, what makes it tough is that it's at a time. And this is something we had talked about as the eighties were becoming the nineties of a, a time of kind of great kind of fragmentation and fracturing. And so now there are kind of major things happening in rap and in indie and in pop um, and in uh, and in independent, overlooked and maligned independent singers, a female singer songwriter. Right. Um, And so that it's also to kind of do these justice, you have to um, spend a lot of time. Right. I mean, another kind of uh, example of the richness of 98 is I listened recently to a playlist. Actually, one of the things I other things that put. Um, Equemini uh, on my list is I listened to a playlist on uh, title um, and uh, and and it was the you know because they're they're their curated playlists have a little more of that human touch, right? It's not that algorithmic uncanny Valley. Um, and uh, and and don't, so don't, don't give me shit. I love my teen party. I mean, look, it, you know, teen party has a, has its place and time, <laughs> um, but there are times where that, that, that human touch is a little, uh, is, is necessary. And this, um, playlist of the best hip hop of 98 was, was just incredible because it's just, we've done a number of great hip hop albums of that year. We did DMX, we did Lauren Hill, we're doing Equemini and, and there's, we're barely scratching the surface. There was a seminal album by big pun, um, that year, um, the big, big album, another kind of Southern album. Uh, I think actually two maybe um, by Juvenile and uh, Master P, so two different kind of camps of other Southern um, rap. Um, I mean, I think I think the Black Star album was that year. Maybe that's '99. I mean, it's just a, a uh, the kind of big Jay Z commercial crossover. Um, Life and uh, or uh, what, in my lifetime, Volume Two. Um, so it's just there are just so many great albums of 1998 just even within hip-hop um and again i think that also follows a kind of piece of punctuated equilibrium 
Um, and where, you know, because we also did a big stretch of that um, a, a couple of sessions ago of the big hip hop albums of 92, 93, right? We did, um, we did Wu-Tang, right. Biggie, um, Snoop Dogg, um, Tribe Called Quest, right? They're all kind of in a, a really tight cluster. And then we kind of, you know, skip forward a few years and there's another dense cluster. Um, and I think what's also interesting kind of setting this up is, you know, this is kind of very shortly after the death of Biggie, right? And you know that there the 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 years that we kind of skipped were the height, most heightened years of the East Coast West Coast feud, right? Mm. And and so part of what is and that was the only salient cleavage in hip hop. And I think that you know, um, Outkast emerged, and their first two albums were kind of happening at the time of that, and was kind of you know viewed as being extraneous. And and I think that this album, Aquemini, and its kind of success, kind of critically, commercially, culturally, um, is is was part of and kind of an announcement of a kind of shifting of the lava lamps of 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 kind of society and of kind of the rap landscape geographically. Um, and and so I think that that moment in which it comes in and the trajectory it would set up for the popular ascendancy, right? I mean, it's hard to go to a wedding without hearing "Hey ya" these days, right? Um, yeah. And and this this sets up that path for as kind of odd and experimental, right? Like for a song that kind of. Uh, for an album by artists that uh, that are played at a ton of weddings, this this album has a lot of ten minute long jazz jazz funk odysseys, right? Um, and this is the one that set them on that trajectory, paradoxically, and that's what makes it really fascinating. Um, and then one other thing that we'll get into is just the rapping on this album is just mind blowing and just very. Like what is what it, they are doing both lyrically and rhythmically is just, it, it, I, you know, it's one of those things where there are some albums I can listen to while working and uh, it, you know and 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 put in the background, and this it's hard because I'm mostly just drawn to like. You know, even if I don't listen to every word, just the sound of the technical excellence happening <laughs> makes me pause. It's like the same way I probably couldn't work while like having Olympic snowboarding on or something because you just you pause and it's like, wow, that is that is incredible. <laughs> that, the, something I can't work right now. Something incredible is happening, <laughs> um, and and that's that's how I feel when um, when I listen to this. Is there's just so many things that are happening with meter and rhythm and kind of and and how their rhythm of their um, rhymes counteracts and, and interacts with the um, with the beats is just it's it's I mean I don't know it's 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 almost confounding in a joyous way because there's just how are they what are they doing and how are they doing sure um, and 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 so it's a there's a tremendous both amount of craft and artistry on display on display um, but it also as a result is a tough album to to approach right it is it is dense uh, you know, it's, lyrically, it's, uh, musically. Yeah. Oh, de- dense was the word that I was go- that I was going to use, and I'm glad you said yeah. it because, like, that's yeah. the thing. That's the thing that I respond to. That like every the, you can kind of pick apart a lot of information in every uh, you know in every kind of element of it. There's a very very high signal to noise ratio. Yep. A lot of people have that response. This is going to be the ultimate white guy thing to say, but a lot of th- 
people have that response to listening to Hamilton. Um, uh-huh. The the you know what I mean, just the the speed and the density and kind of a certain kind of virtuoso performance aspect of it. But like '90s hip hop was the big is the language that Hamilton speaks, right? Like right, is right, the right. you know. So this is like I think definitely just because Lin Manuel Miranda kind of grew up and came of age mm-hmm. during this time you know and so as as these as these things were uh as as these records the records that we're kind of considering now were were uh on the charts and so that like um i think that that like that sense of uh that sense of of sort of density and and virtuoso performance and a, and a, a a kind of like I want to talk about rhythm later. It's it's definitely a really um, really rich subject with this album. I was also as I was reading up on Outcast, I was in in you know because I, I sort of knew Heya and, and you know and the rest etc. But right, not you've, been, the, you've been to weddings, <laughs> one or two, and the uh, you know the Heya and uh, and Hey Ho right or are two different uh two different songs right um to just the hey songs what is that one that's like hey ho i belong with you you belong with me hey oh yeah yeah the lumineer song yeah 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 yeah. oh okay sure yeah and then there's also the hey song right that's played at sporting events (laughs) (laughs) hey and then there's then there's hey there delilah Right, right right And then, uh, yeah, hey soul, uh, si- hey, hey soul sister. Right, so, exactly. So we're we're we're, we're gonna. I, I want to pitch to Spotify a playlist, uh, a curated playlist called "Making Hay." Yeah, or uh, or "Hay is for Horses" or something like that. You know, <laughs> you could do you could do Turkey in the Straw as well because straw is oh, yeah. uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I, I mean that's a great playlist. That would be a great spin class. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I had another. I had another point that I wanted to make after name checking Hamilton and uh, talking about the, the density. density. Yeah, something like that. But I, you know what? I forget what it is, and we're we're already you know a third of the way through our hour. So oh, go- no, no. We're, we're 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 going to double the length of Equemini. So this is going to be a 150 minute long <laughs> podcast. <laughs> that is the one other thing about Equemini. In addition to being dense, right? It is not dense and short. It is dense and long, right? And so you have this kind of um, this this density of information, this high signal uh, signal to noise ratio over a long duration. Right? As they well. keep they keep it up. They they keep pounding. Yeah. Usually, usually you think you can get length or intensity. You know, right. that's right. Uh, you know, and that's that's a, a pro tip as Valentine's Day approaches. <laughs> right. But uh, but they uh, you know cherries berries. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> oh, podcasts are the worst. Uh, but uh, I probably but, by, I, I, I like to think that ours is is the worst in a, a entirely unique kind of way. I can't wait. I can't wait in the best way. I can't wait for the Sherry's Berries ad that's going to support this podcast uh, in just a second. I remember what I was going to say, which is as I was reading the secondary literature, I was um, I was glad to learn that Killer Mike made his debut. Uh, on on an outcast uh, on yeah. an outcast joint, so that was uh, that was pretty that was pretty cool, and he and he's definitely holding it down for the uh, the you know really virtuosic Atlanta rappers, you know. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And there's um and and Big Boy shows up on some early 
early run the I think on an early run the jewels album on run the jewels one um he, I think he definitely if not on run the jewels one he shows up on Killer Mike's rap music album which was produced by LP and was kind of the genesis of of run the jewels the kind of pre run the jewels so yeah there's definitely um there's definitely a lot of Killer Mike was a protege of big boys early in his family uh, early in his family uh, I guess I, I think of dungeon family so he's thinking of family <laughs> early in his career. Um, and so, yeah, there's definitely that lineage um, um, on through that way. Uh, and then, I mean, I just actually thinking about more recent stuff, we've also seen Andre 3000 pop up actually on like nearly, it seems like every prog R&B album of the last couple uh-huh. of years, right? There's uh, an Andre 3000 feature, right? There's one, like, like a whole set of the album, um, right? like Frank Ocean's Blonde, right? Had that very, very cool um, uh, Andre 3000 feature. And sure. I think he showed up a few other places, yeah. right? And so, um, even though we've not yet discussed outcasts, uh, in, in our, um, in our contemporary quarters, um, both of them are around, um, uh, uh, and kind of are at the margins of the things that we've been discussing even now. Right. And it, it just speaks to their, um, tremendous influence. Yeah. Um, all right. It's time. Uh, you got to, uh, uh, it's, it's time you have to, um, go figure out where you stand on the Athens, Atlanta, uh, Georgia, you know, continuum. Uh, go listen to Aquemini, uh, put it on, uh, for the occasional use of this. It's, it's not good for, uh, administrative work or anything that requires even light concentration, like housework. You need, um, you need just to put it on and stand gape in slack-jawed uh, wonderment and amazement and listen to Aquemini and we will return after this word from our commercial sponsor. Are you looking for some nostalgic fun? Yeah. Oh, God. I, I, like, uh, I just want to look back at the past and have it bring a smile to my face. Are, do you want some a, a interactive video game experience that gives you a lot of choice while you indulge in your nostalgia? Uh, Sherry's Berries, I do! <laughs> no. Well, while you eat our, our dipped berries, uh, surprise your Valentine with a Atari flashback. Oh, tell me more. Well, it is like having an Atari without all of those non-functioning cartridges. You just hook this device all the way up to your uh, screen, and you have every single one of our 101 kind of rudimentary games that that you uh, think you remember loving, and yet you try to play them and realize they're actually kind of crappy. Oh my god, I'm going to turn on Pong. Hold on one second. Beep. Beep. This is so much fun. Aren't you remembering the past? So we are not sorry like Atari. We are so glad that you are living in the past. And coming soon, it's the ColecoVision what? Uh, from the makers of uh, of the uh, Atari Flashback and all those other retro video game systems. And we're back. Ryan, I have a question. Okay, go ahead. Go Did, ahead. This this uh, um, this Aquemini with its its emerging of two topics 
uh, it's of two ideas right in the name with its uh, genre bending uh, heteroglossia with its uh, difficult to pin down, um, you know, all over the place subject matter with its uh, uh, generic um, genre bending uh, experimentation with its uh, blend of the old and the new of the analog and the digital uh, of the uh, down home uh, or traditional kind of topics and uh, just just intergalactic uh, intergalactically weird topics does this album have a point <laughs> um, uh, I, I was I was I was I was beginning to wonder if the question had a point. <laughs> Um, it's that, that was the equemini of questions. It, it lasted 70 minutes. Um, uh, yes, I, I think it does. And I mean, I think the point is partially in the, in, in the hybridity, right. That one of the central songs is called synthesizer, yeah. right. Uh, and is about the act of, of synthesis. Um, and so I think there is a point of these elements of fusion, whether it's of the, um, viewpoints of creative ca- collaborators, um, or of genres or of sounds, um, or of, of kind of, you know, of, of opposing traits. But I think there's a little more, I, I think that, I think that this is math rap. <laughs> um, okay. And, okay. Uh, and 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 I'll tell you how I came to that because I was reflecting um, today as I was listening to it on um, on I think my favorite uh, song on this album, which is "Skew It on the Barbie." Right. Uh-huh. That's the the old school players to new school fools. Cats keep it or sorry, cats keep it jumping like kangaroos. Actually, I've always heard it as cats uh, for 20 years. Um, and so this is a song. This was definitely the first Outcast song I ever heard um, because this was on a mixtape of um, 1998 rap songs that somebody gave to my brother uh, and was part of our drive. When we weren't listening to just the entirety of the DMX, It's Dark and Hell is Hot, uh, as we drove to school in the fall of 1998, we listened to this rap mix um, and uh, skew it on the bar was on that. And the thing that caught my attention about it um, was uh, the the first line of Andre 3000's uh, uh, for, verse, which is the common denominator, the N-word numerator. And I'm like, and, you know, I was in trigonometry at the time. And and I just, I loved the, the detail, like, you know, he's rapping about fractions. <laughs> um, and, and I think that, uh, and, and I think there's a few things about rapping about denominators and numerators. One is that those are a lot of syllables to put in. <laughs> um, and then, and then two, I think that there is something about that, that is, a. I, I think that the, this idea about math and the way that math and science play into this album is right. That there is, it's math rap in that it is kind of playing with rhythm and meter in the ways that math rock does. But then I think there is something else that's going on that is also that it, it, this indulges in a kind of another kind, I think the key paradox and kind of 
fusion that is happening on this album is what I would call magical science, uh-huh. right? Which is again, two things that shouldn't go together, <laughs> um, is magic and science. Um, but that, and, and it's there, I think in the astrology and in the astrology being front and center, um, and in this kind of, you know, doubts, uh, you know, there, there's, there's a sense of kind of skepticism to received authority and searching for kind of mystical answers. Um, and so, and I think there's a number of, of different ways that this is approached, but I feel like those, I feel like this kind of spiritual kind of, uh, arithmetic is, is part of what's going on, right? That there is both an amount of kind of faith and mysticism and kind of technique and technical knowledge. And, and I think that that, that, that fusion as a mode of, of survival of personal expression, um, and of identity is kind of what's going on in this album. Um, and, and so that's, that's kind of, those are some of the, the kind of points that I kind of, so you, so you would say, I mean, yeah, you say, you say fusion, and I think that's a good description. The word that was on my mind was hybridity, right? Mm-hmm. And that like, um, with, with what you're talking about even in you know the common denominator the n-word numerator is like the, the it's two parts to make a fraction right right in in right. magical science it's right. a kind of hybrid of the you know of the uh of the two things and that like um that 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 is a uh, that 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 is the topic. So, like in in a way, the answer to my question is like it's it's a qualified yes. It has a yeah. point, but the point is that it's not one point. You know that yeah. it's that the point is kind of composed of not exactly subpoints, but the point is a fusion of points. And actually, when you have a fusion of points, you don't have a point. You have a like a shape. You know, <laughs> two points right. define a line. Three points define a plane. Right, and that like uh, just to continue the the math mathematical geometric theme and that like uh you know if you have three points that define a plane um or two points that define a line the the point of a line or a plane is that in two or three dimensions they're infinite right right and they can encompass anything you know and then also when you have many many points and then still try to um like create a shape around them. That's a, that's a constellation. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and kind of creating kind of meaning, um, and order within a kind of infinite set of points is kind of, again, that's both, you know, the stars and the cosmos are both the place of astronomy, right? The science of kind of the stars and and their movement and understanding them and of astrology of kind of, of, of both, casting meaning onto them and um and and using them to derive meaning in one's own life right and yeah. so that there is um at that and i think the other thing is that in addition to that being not only one not only one point um but it's also then rather than there being a kind of fixed kind of conclusion or point that it leads to it's a process right is it just as you know either science um or magic is a process um, like, you know, that there's a, a scientific method and a process of casting spells, right? That this album is very process oriented, right? And it's about the process of making the music and the journey that you go on, right? Like this album has to be 75 minutes long um, because because the point is the process and to really feel the jams um, and and to to have it stretch on and on and on. The the um 
it's it's also interesting though Aquarius is the water bearer uh, Gemini is the twins which was uh which was um interesting you know to me given given yeah. my sort of read of of what's going on here uh Aquarius is the water bearer but uh Aquarius is not a water sign it's an air sign right so uh, Aquarius and Gemini are both air signs they're associated with uh intellectuality with flights of fancy with um you know, uh, the, uh, the, the kind of airier, um, Hmm. kind of at right aspects of life as opposed to grounded, uh, aspects of life. Um, the, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting then. And, and this, so this sort of made me thinking about this once I kind of had this hook into it and this interpretive lens, (laughs) Pardon me. It made me want to think about um, the big boy Andre three thousand um, kind of buddy act, right? Right. And right. it made me think of buddy acts in general, right? And what they what they bring, uh, including the TFT podcast, right? You know. <laughs> I was thinking about that as well, right? <laughs> and that like but Abbott and Costello, right? Like Martin and Lewis, like the 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 whole um you know, just the whole mess of it, like uh what it all By the way, I always thought I was the Andre three thousand in our relationship. <laughs> And I and I was the big boy. I mean, that's that's interesting. I mean, how would you? I have my my idea just from this record and, the, and from the secondary literature. But I think of like big boy as the uh, as the earthier one, and Andre three thousand as the flightier one. I, I guess that Key and Peel sketch didn't help. Right. No. Exactly. Or maybe maybe it did help if that's accurate. You know. No, I think it is. It is accurate, and I mean that's certainly where once you get to the point of um, the speaker box and the love below, that's kind of how it di- diverges, right? So speaker box, um, the big boy half is a rap album, uh, and uh, and and the love below the Andre three thousand half is a much more of a free jazz odyssey. And yes, it has hey ya, but and and roses, uh, which were the singles, and the rest of it is is quite quite uh out there and it is, is kind of fits with the way that um that uh, keegan michael key portrays andre 3000 right in his like kind of peter pan outfit yeah. uh and and kind of uh magical well i think it's, it's interesting because i think we 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 are neither uh solely neither right and that we kind of play the role of kind of impish troll and and grounded a kind of grounded uh scholar kind of in in pretty uh uh rapid ter- succession sure right like it, it it doesn't work this buddy act right and so any buddy act needs i mean it, it, there's a few different ways to put it but there you need moments where there is some kind of fancy or ridiculousness or provocation and some kind of groundedness. Um, and it's often right in comedy. That's the, the kind of the straight man and uh, the other guy. Uh, sometimes yeah. The more clownish, the more clownish one, right? Yeah. 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 I think I've heard that called the banana man. Or, oh, sure. Uh, 
Um, I don't know if that's accurate, <laughs> um, but uh, or if I was being if I was being trolled uh, when I was told that, uh, or I dreamt, dreamt it. Well, those are both possible abilities. Um, yeah, right, and, that's, or, and so that's like just just to kind of bring it out. The uh, Bud Abbott is the straight man. Luke Costello is the banana man. Uh, Dean Martin is the straight man. Jerry Lewis is the uh, is the banana man. Right, yeah, like uh, right. and in uh, in the uh, Key and Peel, Key and Peel actually can switch all. Also, which yes, is pretty yes, cool. That's right. Um, and, but in the in the Outcast reunion uh, sketch that the, that we'll put a, put a, we'll embed in the show notes. Um, you know, uh, Jordan Peele is the is the straight man as Big Boy, and King Michael Key yep. is the uh, is the Banana Man as Andre Three Thousand, or exactly. just or just Andre. Right, exactly. No, no, it's not. It's not two thousand nine hundred ninety-nine, and it's not Andre three thousand and one. Um, it is a. It's a delightful sketch, uh, and they are. They are so great. And I'll just, as an aside, really hope uh, Jordan Jordan Peele wins some some fucking Oscars um, this year because um, it just it's uh, it's it's so great. But I think what is the the fluidity right of um of of Key and Peele in its in their the way that they right. That in their sketches there is often this kind of straight straight man banana man um, dynamic, but they're not one of them is that in their in their partnership, right? And I think that and that kind of this situational um, relationship is kind of something that comes out of improv comedy and is at least part of the deep backbone of how we do what we do, right? Um, and and that you know if if someone asks you a trolling question, um, like you have to kind of once you get trolled you have to be the straight man a little bit right i mean that we, we we do have times there are episodes in the great tft lore where the where there's a a triple reverse troll right it's this very rare trolling uh very very difficult high difficulty trolling um and uh and and, and there's just escalating escalating troll brinksmanship um but right but, but they the Generally, that um, you have to there, there's balance, right? And there's a sense of what's needed in a moment and how to respond. And I think that at this point in in uh, Outcast, you have that. Interplay, yeah, there's right? a response. Yeah, there's a responsiveness to to one another and a kind of a, a willingness to role play um, for you know, like a, like a lot of good relationships, right? Like it goes on for a little while. You got to role play. You got to mix it up. You know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You got to, you got to know, you got to listen. You got to say, you got to say yes. And yeah, 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 exactly. But yeah, so wait, so you were winding up to another point about the nature of buddy acts though, before we, we kind of digressed. Well, I I guess, (laughs) I I mean, I, I, you know, sort of threw to you lazily with the, like, how do you see their, you know, how do you see their (laughs) dynamic? But you, you sort of made a lot more uh, of of that than I had had, uh, than really my, my, uh, than really my question deserved. But the, the, um, yeah, I think that the moving, moving back and forth between uh, moments of tension and moments of con- consonance, right, is like, is in the nature of buddy acts. And that, like, that you can create yeah. laughs with that kind of, uh, that build up and release of tension. And, uh, you can create, you create like structure to, uh, um, to a scene because there's kind of a flow of energy as it, as it accumulates and then, uh, and then dissipates. And I think that that's, you know, that that's sort of something that happens. And like uh, the structure for a lot of the songs has 
has that kind of has that thing. Oh, so in that in that like uh, build up denouement, build up de- climax denouement, right? Like, is the there is this this hybrid structure as well, right? So you have two people with with uh, two different roles. In this case, they each play two of those roles, right? Right. And this kind of this dual structure, and a lot of this, the, a lot of the tracks, uh, right, have sort of two songs in them. Like Aquemini is is a good example of this. Yeah. Um, you yeah, know, yeah. the art, uh, art of storytelling uh, has two parts. You know. And even in the ones that are sort of one, there will be like um, the, there will be a structure of like Andre three thousand verse, Big Boy verse, where you know their voices are different. Um, yeah, sometimes totally. the kind of the 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 rhythm and the flow of the rapping is different, and that like uh, you know that that it seems um, it seems to be creating. Uh, creating contrast, right? Totally. Yeah. 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 And I was just going to say that another one that does that is, or sometimes it's a, um, there's like a, an, a long interlude instrumental or otherwise. And then there's that kind of when the, yeah, when Rosa, the rap Rosa first comes back in. That. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, and synthesizer as well, right? There's a long yeah. George Clinton interlude. Um, and then uh, Andre 3000 comes in. Uh, the synthesizer, microwave me. Um, give me a drug so I can make seven babies. And that is like is such a strong break where it, it's like there's a, there was a very long George Clinton palate cleanser. Yeah. Right? Well, and then like I actually – I ended up looking at the phone – or actually now it syncs to the watch. So I like look at the watch to get track names right. and to know right, what they right. – I ended up looking at the watch thinking, oh, okay. Okay, this is a new song. Right? What is this right. song called? Right, a lot, and realizing that I was in the same, uh, mm-hmm. I was in the same song. Now, I'll say one sort of trolley move uh, that they did back in the age of CDs before they knew that it would be the age of Spotify. One day, they made it impossible to create a playlist without the skits. Correct. By putting the skits yeah. at the end of the songs, uh, really before it's, it's interesting because like the track break happens at the beginning of the song and the skit and the, the subsequent song really belong together more than the skit and the previous song. They function more as intros than outros, uh, at least as I sort of totally. experience, at least as I, as I sort I, of I think that's right. But you can't, you can't no, like no. not, you can't go to, it would be too trolly to go to a track and not have the downbeat, right? No, no, totally. Um, but it is it is very interesting. So actually, right before coming to record this, um, I went to a spin class and uh, and the art of storytelling part one was played uh, as the lobby music as I was getting changed, entering and getting changed. And I was like, wow, this is a quite quite a bit of synergy. I mean, I think my first thought is, oh, my God, am I being tracked? <laughs> are, 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 are they like somehow like like using my data and, and, and optimizing? And then after I, that paranoid fantasy um, uh, disappeared. Uh, I, I uh, was I eagerly awaited the end of the song, which then is uh, that's the uh, outro that is uh, the grandma yelling at, at the girl about the uh, uh, the music, right. uh, listening to the music loudly and being on the telephone. Uh, and I, I kind of relished that invading the space of the uh, of the spin studio, right? Uh, well, everyone everyone showering uh, and or preparing to work out, and there's a long kind of you know. Uh, I, I I always wanted to do a spin class that was just the skits, just hip hop, but just the skits. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, yeah. They're, I mean, they're they're an interesting, almost sort of documentary level of skits, rather mm-hmm. than kind of creating, rather than creating a cast of characters, you know, yeah. in a in a sort of more or less phantasmagoric on the like uh, the. Um, the carnival slash octagon ecologist uh, right. continuum, right, right. right? Like, which is from, you know, uh, from more, or I guess, I guess you could even call it the, like the, the uh, doggy style. Well, and anyway, right. Like there's sort of more, I guess you'd need two axes then turns out it's continuous and hyperdimensional. What were right. the odds? But uh, yeah, this, this is really more along the lines of, of sketch comedy rather than, rather than being, you know, uh, rather than being phantasmagoric, right. right. Or, or rather than being um, sort of uh, documentary or sort of um, ethnographic or, you know, uh, in, in a particular, uh, in a particular way. So I had another thing. I had another thing I wanted to bring up. I don't mean to. to we should dive into into lyrics, but like I don't mean to yeah. stay at a, a high level of abstraction. But it is, as you say, an album kind of dense with with ideas. Maybe this provides us uh, a window in. I I feel like your sort of. I I feel like your knowledge of hip hop is a lot a lot more profound than mine. Um, is what? How would you define flow? you know or like uh or like what because i feel like this is an album that that it definitely has a distinctive flow right um but then i I realized i don't totally know what i mean by that and whether i'm using that word in the correct sense of the of the technical vocabulary of the discipline yeah so it's and and i'll have to find some of the there's some good citations on this uh there's there's a really good blog post from about 10 years ago um by a from the very early days of blogging from a hip-hop blog that i used to follow um and and the name escapes me now but i'll 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 dig it up and there's a really good piece on flow and i'll see if I, i i i would i wish i could kind of quote his definition but i i think that it is Flow is the interaction of rhythm and delivery, if that yeah. makes sense. Um, and, and, or and it's it's three things, right? It's a three point interaction of rhythm, delivery, and beat, right? And so it's the way that the rapper is riding the beat, um, or or not, or, or on or against the beat. Um, and so and, and so. It okay, is, so then so then yeah. that's that's interesting. Not to not to cut you off, but I think yeah. that I can say something interesting uh, about this. There, like I I you know in rap lyrics, you can kind of recognize a distinction between more naturalistic sounding language that happens to kind of be said rhythmically, right, and then language that is exactly on the beat in a very exactly. right exactly and that that exactly. like and uh, th- when you add there's another dimension to it of course wh- which is when you add rhyme right and right. you don't have like a yep. b a b you know what i mean uh, da, right. da, da, uh, you don't have regular things you have internal rhymes kind of coming at at uh non in non and stopped position but um and that that like andre 3000 especially seems to be a master of that it's it's um right. a little it's a little scary there's a whole uh there's a whole genius video breaking breaking it down overthinking its style with different colors on the different on the uh the different rhyme words um and that uh uh and and this i mean it's it's interesting because it seems like 
it seems very strongly rhythmic, this album to me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and very kind of far away from the kind of the naturalistic, uh, the naturalistic thing. I, I mean, I would put, I, I don't know. Let me try to pull a, the example out of the air. Like, like Kendrick Lamar is in the more naturalistic, um, camp, right? Uh, right. what you could hear outside of the, the, the tracks, you could kind of hear it and you hear natural human talking, right? Mm. More, uh, more strongly than you do in in any of the lyrics on Aquemini, right? Um, I think I think that's that's an accurate and kind of a, a fair thing to say. Ni- neither is better. It's just a different you know a different color to color to to paint with. And so the well, flow you know the flow on this is like it's very heavily rhythmic. It's very very pronounced in its in its uh, internal rhyme and um, and and the delivery is the delivery tends to be what on the fr- I would call it on the front of the beat right like it's it's yeah. very kind of in the pocket of the rhythm I also think um so a few things I think what's interesting about Ken- Kendrick is that he I, I think and I never quite thought of it this way but I, I think that he may be actually one of the ways in which he is an innovator is that he actually combines the more naturalistic style with this the more kind of I don't know um what, what was the word that you used? Um, uh, there's a more kind of expressionistic kind of um, uh, a mode, and he will go right. There will be modes where he the, the flow and the rhythmic structure is closer to natural language, and then there are moments like like in um, like especially on Dam, I think he really masters moving back and forth between these. Where there will be um, you know uh, on on DNA, uh, especially in that breakdown point, approaches something that's a lot more rhythmically similar to what you would see um on aquemini right and so that yeah sure the, the, kind of, in the even in the lyric like the first lyric is what i got loyalty got royalty inside my dna yeah, and that right, kind right. of like rata tata rata tata uh yeah. rhythm is more on the kind of the the strongly rhythmic the rhythmically governed uh versus right. the the kind of the linguistically yeah, yeah. governed or phonologically right. governed and and, they, and as that song goes along it, it ramps up to the um, but da 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 da. Ray starts to move to these uh, these fast triplets, um, and and actually that's like rhythmically. I think um, some of the things that's really interesting is we and we talked a little bit about triplets uh, on um, Run the Jewels. Actually, right, we did Run the Jewels three. There's a lot of that of, of triplet flow, um, yeah. and that it's been that's been a big point uh, like area of like Atlanta rap recently. And um, Migos is was kind of that kind of triplet flow is associated strongly with. With uh, Migos, and I think what's amazing, what kind of struck me in listening rhythmically um, to Aquemini, is that there is the use of um, of sixteenth note triplets, huh. right? Um, and so, so that's if a if a triplet pattern is da da da. So, yeah, so if 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 our if our quarter notes are da 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 da, um, a triplet on that would be da 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 da. da. Uh, and and then a sixteenth note triplet flow um, doubles that, right? So it's it's six notes um, coming yeah, in one and two and three and one and two and three and one and two and three and yeah 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 or it's I would say one two three four five six. It's actually yeah you, you almost have to slow it down to be able to do yeah. it. It's, it's either like, it's either it's either two plus two plus two equals six or three plus three equals six. Yeah, so the one right 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 and and I think there's both. So like the the. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. And so and what's amazing then is that they then um, in the kind of that kind of sex tuple is the kind of meter and then they syncopate within that right right um and so it's they're kind of dancing among the notes um in this kind of um quarter notes that are so subdivided uh in sixes yeah uh and 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 that's what and 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 it's it's it is this amazing kind of innovation in flow um because you know that i know in this piece that i i i want to find um kind of pinpoints Rakim as kind of the originator of flow and kind of this move from this more naturalistic rapping as speaking to something that's more rhythmic. Um, and, and Jordan, um, when we both talked about Eric B and Rakim, and then, um, shortly after that did some posts kind of looking at what, uh, Rakim is doing rhythmically. Um, and I think that this is kind of, um, uh, what, what is ha- happening on this album, um, especially in Andre 3000 verses, but really for both of them kind of takes that kind of sense of, of rhythm, voice, beat, rhyme, and kind of all of these elements, and then adds a different kind of, of, um, of subdivision and meter to it. That is then, uh, is just like, uh, that, that is part of what gives it that kind of complexity and just difficulty, right? I mean, syncopation is hard, <laughs> triplets are hard 16th notes are hard and so they do all of them at the same time right yeah uh, and, again, and they're not just rapping you know they're not just saying the the noises the notes they're not just going they're actually saying things with with content as yeah. well right they're not they're not just mouth drumming right if they if outcast was just making was just scat singing dianu <laughs> uh, but like in fact they then kind of, uh, but in fact, that the actual kind of um, the, the the actual kind of content of what they are doing um, is it, it is meaningful. And it, I mean, I think we can go to some songs um, and and kind of explore kind of what they're doing um, and kind of what the content is and how it interacts with the style. And I mean, there's a few different ways. It's hard. I think one of my favorites. Um, is is actually in terms of is much more about kind of style and i mentioned it earlier is skewed on the barbie uh-huh. which i think is a lot about is about just doing it you know it's a rap song about rapping uh-huh. <laughs> um and i i do think that that one is interesting you know um and and again, we could uh, sort of see if there there's more there. Um, but that is also again where where I kind of uh, pulled from on the um, uh, on the on the commercial is the I'm sorry like Atari who's the cousin to Coleco Vision caught a Rico back on the streets like Chico DeBarge right and 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 so the way that the lines are flowing over into right Coleco ends the one line and goes Coleco vision caught a Rico back on the street like Chico DeBarge he large and got a got a lack in the garage um right and so the the the, the rhyme scheme kind of keeps shifting every every line right in, in, in a shifted way right and so that there is a lot of it's I mean it's it's a matter of kind of really I don't know. I think there's a few things that are happening here. Um, and I think one of the, it's a kind of a, a workout of the virtuosity of what they are doing. And then I think there's also the other really interesting thing about this song is that Raekwon shows up in the middle. 
it's it's a uh it's a it's a an atlanta um shaolin sandwich right um and and i think that there's a a few cool things right is that and we we talked about raekwon um you know on the uh on the wu-tang 36 chambers um you know, uh, episode where the the Wu Tang, yes, they are from the East Coast, but they're also from no coast at all, right? They're from the the coast of Shaolin, and they they set up a sense of kind of outsiderness um, within the kind of epicenter of the rap world. Yeah. And so there's a, I think, a natural alliance between Outkast and Wu Tang, uh, or at least this kind of uh, the ambassador of Wu. Uh, and so I think that that as, as kind of shifting some of the Axes of rap, I think, is very interesting. And then I think that kind of having Raekwon doing his own kind of inventive kind of, um, you know, style in terms of how he uses language and slang um, and and kind of uh, paints these kind of street visions, then really also serves to highlight what Outkast is doing and kind of their the kind of speed of their um, uh, their their flow and kind of um, the, the their kind of virtuosity and kind of playfulness, right? So I guess skewed on the Barbie is Outkast at at maximum playful, sure. uh, in terms of with language and rhythm. Yeah, is it? I mean, does it get does it get darker? Where where are the places where it gets kind of darker or more serious for you on on this record? I mean, do you feel like that's a that's a thing in synthesizer, for yeah. example? Are we me- yeah. are we meant to take take seriously the kind of technological dystopia uh, of like the 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 microwave and the pill that lets you have uh, seven babies? I mean, it's hard because it's not even necessarily there either, right? You say that, and that's also kind of playful as well, right? And you have all of the George Clinton kind of, you know, interjections as well, which are quite kind of – I mean, it's hard to kind of – go dark with with funkadelic right um i mean and so it's it's it definitely feels like it gets kind of i don't know it's it's i I, you feel that it gets kind of heavier and kind of darker as it goes on um and and there are definitely fewer skits as it goes on as well um but even and and so I don't know. There are definitely moments. It's it's kind of it's hard to divide up exactly in that way. So you you have sense. I mean I I mean I think one thing that kind of makes me think of this right is it, it actually going. We were talking about the um, the skits earlier, and it's the the skit at the end of Return of the G. That's the intro to Rosa Parks, um, the record store skit. Mm-hmm. And I I think that this is an interesting way to think about the. Um, like the nature of seriousness in, in an outcast album. Right. And so a guy, the customer is buying some CDs and then the owner offers them a new outcast album, uh, which is like this album. Right. And the guy says, um, you know, man, first they was some pimps, man. Then they was some aliens or some genies or some shit. Uh, and, uh, then they'd be talking about black rights in space, man, whatever. Fuck them. I'm not fucking with them no more. <laughs> right. And so I think it's like this interesting idea of, uh, of, of kind of criticizing the, the, this kind of 
straw man criticism of, of, of black rights in space, right? Or and I, this is transcribed on Genius as black righteous space, but I I heard it as as black rights in space, and I think I hear it as that because that is the intro then to Rosa Parks, right? Which is this kind of you know on the one hand grounded in a a fa- figure of the civil rights movement and also is a kind of psychedelic space hoedown, right? Yeah, um, and that, that's I mean that is an interesting thing that the you know I'm sort of looking at the album cover and kind of analyzing it in terms of uh in terms of this and there's a lot of like um there's sort of uh black exploitation imagery yeah. right there's i i mean i guess it's sort of heavy on that but then there's also like uh well it, it's the the astrological signs right like yeah. reimagined as uh, reimagined as uh, the hot women with afros, right? right? So the 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 woman carrying the jug on the shoulder, but that's almost like Egyptian. That's almost like Afrofuturism, yep. especially yep. since yep. there's a uh, there's an alien spaceship, there's a UFO, right, right. on the. Uh, uh, on the thing and the the yeah, right. you know the symbols for it's the album's not called Outcast Two right like that that two is a uh, uh, is the Gemini symbol right. and the right. the waves right. are 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 the thing and so like it seems like there's some heavy shit going on here um, it's true and, and the two but it's that the two vehicles right on on the cover are are a UFO and a Cadillac yeah. <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. Right. With the Cadillac with the license plate Aquemin Aquemini. Um and that like uh yeah, that 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 you know, it just um I guess I guess it does. I mean, maybe I'm maybe I'm kind of doing it a disservice to kind of want to get uh you know, want to get socially relevant with it because it's about black rights in space and some shit. Well, I, I mean I think it is though. It is I- I do think the title track does it. It's it's there. I mean, it's, it's tried to kind of under... Well, I think it's that But part of the, the project is that it doesn't have to be, this is my serious part, right? And this is the playful part. Sure, right? that this there's is, this there's this sort of hybridity of it where right. seriousness and playfulness are not not opposed. It's it's like playfulness and, and solemnity uh, that yeah. are opposed and seriousness and frivolity that are opposed. But this is right. serious, playful. Right, exactly. And and I mean and, and but I think one of the kind of more serious pieces is and again kind of kind of comes back to the kind of relationship between the duo on the on the title track, right? And the, the hook, even the sun goes down, heroes eventually die, horoscopes often lie, and sometimes why nothing is for sure, nothing is for certain, nothing lasts forever. But until they close the curtain, it's him and I, Aquem and I. Right. And and I think that that idea of that kind of uncertainty and um, and kind of a uncertain world and a, a kind of uh, whether it's kind of persecution or inequality or kind of judgment and kind of building that um, that piece. Right. And, and it's, it's there. There's some great pieces um, uh, here. Uh, I mean, right. They even say, I mean, I think that the, I mean, there's, and sometimes why is a great, is a great lyric because it like, it combines kind of like the numerator and denominator stuff. It combines like a a sort of profound insight with like a children's rhyme or something, you know, a children's, uh, a children's thing. It's very, um, it's very, it's very cool. Uh, it's about indeterminacy and uncertainty of rules. Right. 
Yeah, and I think that's a big part of it, and it is this idea, right? And it's it's also there a line in the last of uh, in the last line of Andre 3000's verse, right? It's the he says, "So don't get caught up in appearance. It's Alcasa Quemini, another black experience, right?" And so it's not that it's it's the black experience, but it is another black experience. And there's also uh, a claim. There's a claim being made for there. This isn't east coast this isn't west coast it's another you know what i mean it's a kind of non non dichotomy yeah. uh it's an experience right. outside of the 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 uh main discourse that is yep. the main kind of opposition that's structuring um discourse about black experience in hip-hop at the time well, all right. Let's uh, let's bring our uh, discourse about hip hop at the yeah. time to an end. We're um, at the halfway mark, right? Like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we're ready. So we're going to do a long George Clinton palate cleanser and right, right, right. Uh, come back with the second half, which is going to be uh, completely different. No, we're going to to leave it there. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the album, the usual ways, Twitter, Facebook, or the comments. Uh, and we will be back with uh, with more TFT. Still, still in the nineties. Uh, not, uh, not pivoting back to the present day yet. We got a ways to go. Uh, so we hope you enjoy it and we hope that you always keep it real.